Oh, hi. I'm Regan. And I'm Timur. Uh, this is Baiju Billabong. Yeah, and uh, before we uh, fully begin, I'd just like to thank the original custodians of this land, the Indigenous people of Australia. And yeah, yeah. so I'm a full-time desk jockey and uh, designated agent of uh, China by America. And Regan is... I'm a, a, a licensed forklift driver by day. And a history nerd, poor musician <laughs> by night. So some people are asking for some perspective on where we're coming from here, but <laughs> that's it. So yeah, we're very much, uh, you know, as you can tell, very uh, well educated. Um, but <laughs> since you're a musician, do you have any links to uh, Whip Warrior? Actually, it's funny you should ask. I have two Facebook mutual friends with uh, the Whip Warrior. Um, Raymond so Kelly. Wonder, yeah, right. Was it Raymond Kelly? Yeah, it's with an I. So he's a special Raymond. You know, his parents yes. like, oh, he's going to be a special kid, and he is. He had like hipster parents, hipster <laughs> broken parents before it was cool. Um, so he he lives in like uh, the northern beaches, I think, or north of Sydney. And just when the COVID sort of hit Australia, he was decided he wanted to go down to the Sydney Chinese consulate and crack a whip at uh, anyone who was nearby. <laughs> so there was like... Uh, the most bogan Australian thing you can do. He had like a, a Kruba, which is like a sort of a cowboy hat. hat. Yes. And uh, did he have any dungarees or was he just like... I, I don't know. He just seemed so bogan in his whip. He was, and he, he said he, something hilarious. Yeah. He was in Agcor, I think they call it. Agcor? What's, what's that? <laughs> Like agricultural. Oh, like, was he? You just just put core on the end. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Agricultural core. It's like a fashion. He's RM Williams and. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. you know there was you know quite a few people outside the country at the time. I'm not sure if they were trying to get in or out of the country, trying to get visas stamped or whatever. Um, and he was probably I don't know. To be fair, it was five ten meters away. But those things are loud and they're long. And he could just as well be an idiot. So he had to face court. Um, uh, it's pretty funny because the, the, the fact that he, I, he was like trying to attack the building, I think, was he? or Because he's banned from the building now or something like so that. So his bail conditions uh, are that he cannot go within uh, anywhere of a Chinese government building, I guess. So consulates. Yeah. So you just imagine this sort of old Aussie bloke in sort of like a cowboy hat looking thing, whip. And he says, like, so the direct lines he said, I quote, I quote, quote him from the video. You can watch it on YouTube later. He says, wake up, Australia. No more shit from China. No more shit from China. <laughs> Death to communism. Filthy fucking commies. Five million people leaving country. Expect the filthy fucking is as well. I just SARS, swine flu, and avian flu. You've released all these forests for decades. Decades. Anyway, he's just... He's just like embodiment of Australian, like that North Coast, as you said. It's like Woiwoi Maccas. Yeah. Um, it's like this. This is area from Brisbane to like Sydney. It's just this people on beaches, and uh, I don't know. No, I can't quite describe it. But it's it's known as like a wealthy area, but it's also just like white suburbs, you know. So it's it's like the Australia of the seventies, I guess. Um, yeah, it's like it's like Bondi, but like a whole like five hundred kilometers of it. But that's where all the worst of Australian music comes from, like all your 
you know, your, your white guys playing Elliot. reggae and stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, no, she comes from um, another no, similar from... area. She's from Mullumbimby. Oh, oh yeah. Same thing. So it's Mullen a hippie Bimby. area. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, and that New Zealand shooter guy, he's from that area as well. The, the uh, was he? Uh, yeah, Grafton. Yeah, the uh, most famous right. person. And the prison so, as well. Yeah. The prettiest places of Australia breed the worst people, apparently. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he had to go to court, and in anticipation of the court, a certain uh, new news outlet called Himalaya, which Ooh. apparently has ties with Fulong Gone, organised a live stream while he was at court. And who do we... Who was on board with the lineup? The was amazing. Um, so he w- he was named Whip Warrior Raymond Kelly. There's him. Yeah. Uh, Avi Yamini, the, Avi the white feeder guy, the Israeli. Yep. Um, he was fascist. Uh, yep. Uh, David F. Priest. Um, he's just some random bloke. It looks like he also is a musician. I think. Um, he's also labelled as Tank Man, Aussie Tank Man. I don't know why. I can't find any self-labelled. Is is he that why? Definitely- Oh, he would have given himself the name because he thinks he's the person to stand up to fucking communism or something, you know? Oh, I thought he, like, stopped the Commodore or something outside Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> he just stopped, like, Malcolm Turnbull's Commodore. <laughs> no, he didn't. That's, well, like, delusional. Yeah, um, okay, fair and, enough. And apparently he didn't, he didn't re- accept your challenge to debate him. Yeah. He didn't. He, he he followed me. Did he follow you? Or? Yeah, he followed me. Yeah. He just follows everyone, but he doesn't really. He just, he just posts the same sort of copy pasta, CCP virus stuff. Very very boring. Not compared to uh, Whip Warrior. Yeah. No, Whip Warrior is a character. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the the interesting point was how these different people came together. Oh, and we should also talk about who actually was outside the courthouse when he went to court which was a he bunch supporters. of supporters well we don't know if they're supporters or they're sim- well, i guess they were supporters but the the point that we think they were trying to i think they were trying to make was that they were there to also shit on china because that's what it was all about you know yeah um, and so there was a bunch of uh full-on gone guys there um with placards and mm. doing that mini protest um, and then who was the other guy? Nick Folks. So there's that article which I showed you, um, so the protesters support Raymond Kelly's release. Um, so it was actually posted by Nick Folks here. And yes, his personal phone number, which you can find yourself if you wish. Um, please don't harass him. Um, so Nick Folks, uh, from what we know, is that he's an actual neo-Nazi. Yes, openly. He, yeah, he wants he... to celebrate <laughs> Yep, there's photos of him with swastikas. He's very proud of it. Um, I don't really know his background. Do you know anything? Or? No, I honestly... He looks like he's been around for a while. There's like old photos of him with Pauline Hansen and shit. Oh, Party for Freedom. So how long, how long has that been around for? I think a year or a bit. Right. So he's he, in a way, he's, he's also a grifter. Um, but he's not making any money, though. It's just he's making... F- these, these rallies are free. I'm pretty sure Raymond didn't pay him, you know. To... Oh, that's a good point. So he had a little squadron there of Nazis with him, or patriots, as they probably call themselves. There's also a bunch of counter-protesters from the Australian Communist Party. Oh, the <laughs> Australian Communist Party. Story. 
Not the Communist Party of Australia, like the Australian Communist Party? Or... Yeah, I think it's it's called ACP, I think. You can find their Facebook. Um, no, no, I've got a good few good mates, I think. Um, I, I can't remember which one on Twitter. That, that pop. I'm guessing they're quite pro-China. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's. The, I don't know if you've seen Bree and Zach. They post quite a bit about it. But it, it, it's all very splintered, the, the left scene in Aust- Australia. Like, there's the Australian Communist Party... Communist Party Australia, and there's those oh, yeah. Marxist Leninist one. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just so um, splintered. But so yeah, they were there, which is how I found out the story. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, good um, on them. I mean, yeah, they actually came them, out yeah. and stood up against the the Nazis in this case. Um, yeah, <laughs> just surprised that he wasn't called out more. I mean, a lot of the articles we're just covering just said just basically stated what he did. No, no one really sort of condemned his actions. Um. I guess whipping, whipping, he didn't really hurt anyone, but still. Yeah, no, it, it was kind of treated as uh, a non-story because it happened right at the beginning of COVID, so we, we moved on pretty quick. But you can, imagine, yeah. you can imagine what the comment sections were, you know, when the Daily Mail reported it and it's on Facebook, you know, like... Oh, I saw um, a lot. It's like Crocodile Dundee, Steve Irwin, you know, just the usual stereotypes about people that look like that. I was thinking but he, that he does give up more racist book. sort of content, but um, yeah. At the end of the day, this guy really just he he wasn't political until COVID hit, and then something's triggered in his brain, and he's decided he wants to be crazy anti-China. But what interests me in this whole story is again this connection between Fulon Gong and then uh, these fascist movements. Yeah, this is yeah. the first time we've seen like an organised conversation. You know, previously we'd seen like retweeting and stuff, which is this is something else. So, um, yeah, very strange. Yeah, I mean, there, there was that Taiwanese One Nation candidate. She was also kind of uh, fascistic. I think Lin Lin Shanru, Lin Sanju, as you say. And she, yeah. So basically, her 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 thing was she was too racist for One Nation, even. That yeah yeah, and she ended up joining. Um, What's the other party? Clive Palmer's? Was, was one of those. And it, uh, and yep. Yeah, yeah. And Another Queensland she, party. And she had really strong connections with Falun Gong. You go to her Facebook, it's just all Falun Gong. Yeah. It's, right. Yeah, so it's interesting. Anyway, yeah. so there is some journalists looking at Falun Gong soon, so at the moment. So we'll just have a look, a quick, quick look at that. The drama that's been happening last week as well. Hmm. Um, there's consistent attacks on on Hager Cohen, but recently there have been some sort of coordinated attacks on, on Brophy. Yeah. I think. Um, do you want to talk about the letter? Oh, yeah. So, Xia Yen, which is his pseudonym, um, apparently his real name is Peter Wu. He's the editor of um, Vision Times, and he's been... Well, the only thing he's been tweeting about the last week has been pretty much about uh, yeah. David Brophy, actually. He, he's just really angry at David Brophy um, for sort of, I guess, insinuating that they could be Falun Gong. Anyway, he he posted on his blog, rock, rocksfly.blogspot.com, uh, which has an avatar. Um, I'm guessing when he was way younger because he looks nothing like him now. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a cartoon anyway. Maybe it's just, you know, he, what he wants to look like. So... He basically, the, the word bro, Brophy comes up like at least, uh, well, it's directed to Brophy, so 18 times. 
And he, he just sort of, there's, there's a one part where he basically says, you know, Brophy needs to watch out what he's, what he's doing when he talks to Chinese people. You shouldn't act all high and mighty, thinking, you know, you understand Chinese people. You know, you need yeah. to actually live with Chinese people and get in, you know. And that, that's just so, like, you know, you've, you've talked to Brophy. He's not like that at all. <laughs> no, yeah. well, uh, he's quoted in a, um, the latest article from Brad Flagg, which is extremely critical of China mm. and uh, Xinjiang. Yeah, and he's there. They use him as his main source. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's like they they keep trying to paint him as some kind of red because I mean Brophy's definitely on the left. He's a def he's a very left politically left person. Um, and so he, he goes on his article. He points all this stuff about how Brophy, you know, ha- has said a lot of very socialist leaning uh, things in the past. He's been part of like various socialist groups and sort of unions. And yeah. Stuff. I mean that's all true, but it doesn't mean that he's a communist member, communist party, Chinese Communist Party member. Nor does he have, you know, affinity with it. It's just this is a guy who's, you know, been looking at Xinjiang for like most of his life, even before yeah. he became the popular subject. And yeah. he's just no, saying yeah, it as it is. Job. Yeah, he's got a book on it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, his whole PhD was on Xinjiang. Like he's literally yeah. probably the most qualified person in the country to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. He's just saying as it is, and he's not exactly taking any sides on either issue. It's just he's not actually um, opposing the U.S. view enough that he's getting attacked now. So yeah, so they've continued uh, the attacks on him, Hager Cohen, and Ben Hurley's been copying it as well. Yeah, uh, um, they they accused him of being a Chinese state actor because he once had a writing contract with a company that that was affiliated with a Chinese um, state actor, apparently. Yes. Yeah, that was I saw the tweet Alex Turnbull who said that yeah the Hager Cohen had been played. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> well, Alex Turnbull, um, for those who don't know, is the son of former Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, um, who gave us the gift of the MBN or the current MBN, the yes. hybrid. Yeah. So if if, if this uh, recording is poor quality, it's not our fault. It's because the internet in Australia sucks. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, well, thanks, Malcolm. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. but Alex is now a, uh, he must be some sort of stock trader or something in Singapore now. Um, mm. Obviously with nothing better to do than troll on Twitter. Oh, he's he's very centrist in his views. Very centrist, like radical. Oh, absolutely. Um, he, he doesn't swing either side. Uh, his wife's also a Chinese uh, national, I mean, ex-national, I'm guessing. Um, oh, really? Yeah, she's Chinese and she's also the daughter of a... Um, very senior member of the party. It, it, it's very interesting because he was defending Falun Gong, who's against race mixing, and yeah, yeah. So he he told me that he's Buddhist. <laughs> so oh, I thought it was pretty funny. Really? Anyway. Oh, yeah, Buddhist. Uh, Guess he picked it up in Singapore. I don't know. Uh, yeah, weird dude. Yeah, and there, there wasn't our ABC uh, foreign correspondent to Spain. He was speaking up in defense of, of Hurley as well. And then he coughed a, a little bit of shit from people. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> so Hurley, he lives in Taiwan, which is basically the antithesis of the PRC. Is apparently uh, a, also a CCP spy now. So, yeah. Uh, he is he featured in the ABC series as uh, a former... Epoch film. Times reporter as well. Oh, yeah. Epoch Times, right, yeah. Um, uh, is there, I wonder, 
Sorry, did I have this some sort of weird conspiracy theory that he was an undercover CCP guy from the beginning? <laughs> um, no, no, it was it was like basically apparently he was co-opted after he left Epoch Times because he was welcomed by the CCP in it. Um, so that was part of that thread. Uh, it, right. It's very weird because why would he live in Taiwan then? Because Taiwan is very serious about looking out for um, Reds or like comrades, as they say, you know, Tongzhi, like Chinese spies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if this one that's that obvious with all these connections, I'm surprised he's still allowed to to live there. But you know, maybe he's yeah. a double agent. Maybe he's like 007. You don't know. It's amazing. Yeah, he's a if he is a spy, he's a very public one. <laughs> yeah, it just goes on like you know news news stories and documentaries. So I don't know. I don't know if this is a reflection on the journal or call it so-called journalism that is coming out of <laughs> Epoch Times and uh, these other. Uh, Vision Times and stuff. It's yeah, I mean, there was that the Epoch Times fans. They were posting Japanese um, pornography, like uh, the, the ones with like the now it's blurred out and stuff, and saying yeah. that was Chinese people raping Uyghurs. Oh my god! Yeah, they just they they don't even care. Like it, it could be the most blatant lie, but eventually you'll stick on somewhere. Some idiot will believe exactly. It. Um, yeah. I mean, they they do throw a wide net. Um, I mean, most of the most of these people that are retweeting these are not Epoch Times themselves. It's their readers and people who re- repeatedly repeat Epoch Times. They'll post like an Indian policeman beating up someone else, and it's like, yeah, this is a Chinese man beating a Uyghur when they both look Indonesian and speaking speak Indonesian. <laughs> the video recently that last week that came out and it ended up being from Burma or something. Oh so, yeah. Ian Miles Chong. Oh, right. Yeah. God. Definitely a guy who's been um, infested, brain infested by Hong Kong propaganda, where he believes that the CCP has wiped out Cantonese from the mainland when there's 80 million speakers. So he's like, yeah, they don't speak Cantonese in China. They at least speak Mandarin or something. Or (laughs) Yeah, he he speaks Cantonese himself. Like, you know, he's a Malaysian Chinese guy. Yeah. (laughs) But that's what happens uh, when you read too much Joshua Wong and, you know, Apple Times, Apple Daily, whatever well, the hell they're called. Uh, it, it, it's just <laughs> really odd. Like, how did he get famous? I, I don't know. I think it was Gamergate. Oh, of course. He's a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's odd because he, he never tweets about Malaysian politics, which is actually quite no. interesting in terms of yeah. corruption, you know, Byzantine sort of alliances. Yeah, but um, so that Burmese one was actually a guy a Chinese guy getting beat up by Burmese people, Burmese Chinese for not being able to pay a gambling debt. Both of them do not look Uyghur. It's so obvious as well, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, most people don't even know what you know Uyghurs look like anyway. It's Some Uyghurs yeah. I've read, they look basically Han Chinese and some look like Iranians or Tur- like Turkish people. Yeah, Yeah. well, it's, it's a crossroads. Um... Yeah. yeah, but I've never met one that looks Cantonese or you know, Indonesian, so that's <laughs> not yet. Maybe there yeah. is. I'm sorry if you if you're out there, Mr. Uh, Uyghur person who does look Indonesian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so did we want to talk about the that attack piece on Jerry Shifan and Carl Zar? Yeah, Coda. It's like Isabel um Isabel Cockerell. Yeah, Isabel Cockerell. Uh, she has the most British accent, you know. Oh, really? I didn't listen to her interviews. I just read her article where she accuses uh, Isabel has labelled them all as influencers. <laughs> and genocide deniers. Yeah, or genocide. Xinjiang 
and she says what really angered me was when she um accused carl of you know potentially being paid by the cpc and she had no evidence like carl's just like what what do you have on that and she's just sort of you know people have said like okay there's no you just baseless accusations of like you know of mccarthyism there right there apart the fact that maybe carl's chinese yeah and and she also uh you know attacks jerry who's been to xinjiang a lot he has posted a lot of videos on it he's like the movement writer kind of guy of uh the chinese community he rides his bike you know he's a very how do i say very wholesome kind of person in this political scene yeah, very, nice, very patient guy, and she's just going on against him. She's like, "Why don't you talk to Uyghurs or something like that?" You know, have you not seen what's happened? And I just found it very rude what she was doing to Jerry there. Yeah, yeah. And now she's retweeting Bellingcat, you know, another federal uh, mouthpiece. Well, she's she's a grifter, and she's probably thought, "Oh, I can get." I can get a pretty cool job if I stick on this beat for a while. Mm. So and just back on Jerry, it's so funny that she called him an influencer. I just can't get over that word. Like he's posting like his hot festival photos on his Instagram or something. Like filter. Yeah, he just writes like medium posts about biking, cycling around China. He literally just stumbled into the China discourse. It's interesting but I guess I saw these pictures of places that one never goes, like in Gansu, or like, you know, the, so the yes. outside the Great Wall, and you see all these ancient new ones, he's just cycling past, and you're like, wow, this guy's cool. His photos are incredible, you know, yeah. like, um, and I do want to get back to China, and I do want to do Gansu, and I'd love to, to ride a bike through there. It just looks incredible. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's inspired me as well. I think he's inspired a lot of people. <laughs> Um, he's definitely a very wholesome person. Just, I, I just cannot see him. If he was, you know, paid by CPC, which I really doubt. Um, and she fun as well. It's also very um, hurtful as well because she actually was born in Kashka. Yes. Xinjiang, which is the most heavily populated city uh, by Uyghur population. 92% of the city is Uyghur and she grew up there. <laughs> and, and, and she's like, you know, trying to tell... Uh, she found who's actually grew up and was born in that city what you know Uyghurs are like and what Xinjiang's like and it's just so weird and it, it was just yeah I mean, the other day there was what's her name Rei Jong the, the Chinese girl from who works at the Kennedy Institute the Kennedy uh, uh, yep. you know, she had a rip on um, uh, Gao Yang you know poor Gao he just gets attacked by everyone oh really yeah, yeah. did you see that he, he just started calling him a genocide denier just because Gao Yang posted some stuff about him really caring about his hometown. It, for people who don't know, Gao's Mongolian, and Xinjiang's separated in two halves. There's North Xinjiang and South Xinjiang. South Xinjiang's where the Uyghurs are actually from, in the Tarim Basin, where the Silk Road, you know, half, half it goes through. The North part is all sort of like, very much, there's more sort of grass and more plain area for horses and stuff. And that's where they have like dairy farms. That's where the, the original population that lived there were Mongolians, like Gao Yang. And he's just attacking him, like, you know, that's not caring about what his opinion is. And they actually experienced the Zunga genocide. The entire population there used to be, well, most of the population, not entire, sorry, exaggerating there, were Mongolian. And they were ma- massacred by the Manchurians. So he's actually, he's actually descended from people who got genocided. And right. I don't think he would take that very lightly to deny something, you know, as simple as that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
and they just um, all keep piling on him, you know, every time he talks about it. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be coming at those guys forever. And I noticed they're kind of picking up their attacks on on Grey Zone. Oh, which is yeah. Like a, um, mm. So I think definitely the best dressed out of older journalists. Um, oh man, uh, those guys are pretty cool, actually. They all look very good looking. Like uh, I would just go out there, Ben Norton, you know. Um, looking guy what's what's the other guy's name alex rubenstein Rubenthal. Rubenthal, yeah um yeah, yeah agent cool. singh is good and i've been listening to um aaron mate has got a, a podcast as well which is um pretty good dan cohen yeah it, it's just it's just surprising they they i mean they're obvious targets people are calling them you know just anti-american um which is really which is really interesting. That apparently, that's that's you know that's really bad if you're anti-American. When America should be anti-American. <laughs> yeah, man. If you're not anti-American, then what are you? Like yeah. pro-America, then you're pro-genocide. Yeah, you're um, a genocide pr- pro-genocider. Yeah. Right. Um, so the other thing we wanted to talk about uh, a story from it popped up in a feed for a funny reason. So let's quickly talk about. Um, I don't know. Did you see that story about the the two? Uh, Chinese students who snuck out to go to Macca's. Um, oh, those cunts. Yeah. <laughs> dumb. Yeah, dumb. dumb. Yeah, fuck they, Melbourne is in a COVID lockdown at the moment. You're not mm. supposed to leave your house. After 8 p.m. Really. Um, and that, this is like 2.30 in the morning and they're filming themselves, which is even more stupid and dancing and... Showing um, off. It's like, this is my city, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that what they did got picked up on this uh, WeChat group called SOS AUS or SOS Australia, I guess. Mm. That WeChat group picked it up, and then these two people, two clowns, had the good sense to hand themselves into the police. But that brings us on to um, let's talk about this group. You want to introduce it? Yeah. So I actually know this group because I tried to um, write an article about them back in. Um, 2016 when they first established well it was around sort of 2015-2016 there was a sort of a um, a lot of sort of crime communities were targeting Asians because they don't really there's this consensus Asians don't fight back they're easy targets and they always have iPhones the newest versions so they went went down and um, you know they were hanging out in Box Hill and mugged Chinese people and Chinese people were called the cops the cops would just sort of you know write a ticket and like yeah, yeah, nah, might might come back to you someday. Who knows? So Chinese people got really angry and they started setting up these sort of community vigilante groups. And some some dude basically registered a organization called SOS Australia and they basically operate in WeChat groups. I joined one, uh, just to have a look. And I'm like in the 47th group. So I'm guessing there's hundreds of them. Right. And so, one guy would basically say he had a, he was house getting broken into. He would post a group, and the, that message spreads across other groups. And anyone near that would drive their cars or just go to that house that's getting robbed. Um, and you know, just num- just man like gang up on the robber. It's kind of vigilante um, justice. Yeah, that's the extreme side of it. There was also yeah. wholesome stuff on there. Like I think someone got a tick bite, and they they posted on there, and someone who knew about that stuff went around and helped out. So yeah, in, in a way, it's also like uh, like a Facebook suburb group. We have lots of them. When I lived in Annerley on Brisbane's south side, typical neighbourhood dog biting a dog or dog pooing on my front yard. 
um, but has a um, like a Sudanese community, um, and a lot of bored housewives would see a group of black teenagers walking up the street, and they'd think that'd be something they'd post. So these community groups have a positive function, but they can also be a bit well. The stream is the vigilantism, I guess. Yeah, and also there's a lot of conservative politics and sort of law and order candidates um, being endorsed um, in these groups. So I think I saw last election they were endorsing a lot of right-wing or centre-right candidates like Gladys Lou, because, you know, she was talking down tough on crime. Uh, Matthew Guy, um, I don't know if you know him, he's a uh, state candidate um, for the Premier. And he was all about anti-African crime kind of yeah. uh, justice. He lost by a huge margin, though. Yeah, yeah. He did. Uh, but still, that, that's that's what's kind of happening a bit in the last few years with that group. And they have they not haven't really done anything of note, but um, they've given a sense of community and safety for the Chinese community, I guess. I think the, the, these, this group exists, shows there's been a failure of the government to um, address the issues that the Chinese community has down there. Yeah, that's what they said, because they said that police don't do anything. They just write a ticket, do some paperwork, and sort of call it a day and collect a salary. I've had my wallet stolen, and I went to the cops, and they're, look, they're like, oh, you know, that sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> they really they would not do anything. That's the same cops in any country. They would, they don't give a shit about something like that. So and then this is the natural uh, result, isn't it? It is. It's just sort of a, our law enforcement is... I mean, it's it's something you really can't do anything about unless you have super strong evidence on, on knowing who stole it or... Uh, I guess... Yeah. You can't be uh, going... Uh, I think we can't be certainly going around apprehending anyone we suspect or mm. even going around to another house that's been robbed. You know, I, I think maybe to go around and, and comfort someone who's scared. If you're, an, I don't know, an elderly couple and your house has been broken into and you don't have family members that can come around and be like, yeah, it's going to be okay or... You know, I think it's more an insinuation um, that a lot of people have had towards these groups because it's Chinese and there's a lot of them. Um, that it potentially could be a united um, front, um, you know, kind of setup where the Chinese Communist Party is actually directing, you know, their their war war front, um, which is laughable. Yeah. Yes, that is an implication that I got from this article because I've not seen any similar reporting on, you know, Anglo-Australian. Facebook groups like that. A um, little bit of yellow peril in there, as <laughs> everything in Australia has. Yeah, anything Chinese is, is bad, you know? Yep. It's like I saw that statistic where um, they were talking about foreign investment. For some reason, Luxembourg is ahead of China. Ah, because yeah. Because everyone's using Luxembourg as a tax haven, of course, but not... Yeah. Oh, is that why it is? Yeah, I mean, I, I doubt all 500,000 people in Luxembourg is investing here. Or are they? Mm. Well, I just... It's like Ireland, but smaller, like a tennis court yes. size country. Yeah. It's not that small, actually, but yeah. Because uh, I think I saw one that was comparing different countries' uh, farmland owned in Australia. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, and even Hong Kong itself has born in China, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just one city. Hong Kong, Singapore was up there as well, yeah. you know. But I guess they're probably, if you're a bogan, you would lap you've just probably put Hong Kong and Singapore in a separate as China. So you're like, yeah, same guys. I think now you would, they would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and though yeah. they would protest very harshly, especially the Hong Kongers, they would protest like, no, no, no. 
actually, um, that's yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about was um, Yongden Latu, that guy, the Tibetan editor for Seven China Morning Post. Oh yeah, because he's like Go Young, you know, he he's also a minority, but um, he just gets attacked if he does not follow the mainstream sort of American policy of anything has to be anti-China. James Palmer, someone had a go at him. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's what Go Young got had it go. He told him to fuck off when he said something. Um, right. Okay. Yep. And we were talking about then. You know, that reminds me. You know, you said something with Yonden a few days ago. You know, what's his name? Griffiths, um, the editor for CNN in Hong Kong, had a go at Yonden Latu. You know. Okay. And he's Tibetan, and it's just like. It's just weird. Like they get really angry at these minorities when they don't follow what they want them to be, like victims. Yeah. Yes. No, that's a good point. The, the the victim thing. They are. They can't have any agency of their own, can they? No, they're gonna be victims. <laughs> and that's that's the other part about David Roffey. He's being attacked, saying that he's not giving them agency. You no, know, David always gives agency. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Yeah. That, that just pisses me off. Uh, you need to watch Isabel. What her, what her name is interview. Her her accent is so grating. It, it's just, it, it's like it's from um, Downton Abbey. Right. Yeah. So she's trying to get a job on the BBC. Something like that. Yeah, but it's worse. It's, it sounds like she's trying to snoot your way up. Like she will be that person in Hong Kong, be like, oh, excuse me, Joshua, pass oh, me God. the tea. It's like it sounds. It just sounds really up her nose, <laughs> like a bloody yeah. dirty pom. I mean, no, no offense to Pom. I mean, Jerry's a Pom, and um, <laughs> uh, sorry, Pom, Pom's Pom is slang in Australia for, for a British person. Okay, yeah. I wonder if she's uh, got some sort of embarrassing, but what I would think is a cool accent from from London. Uh, maybe, you know, a bit of a chav, and she, uh, <laughs> and she faked it. Over, it's just like James yeah. Palmer who faked his Cambridge accent. Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, that's to see his, yeah. Um, yeah, so her her accent's not even like that. It's it sounds like she's con- condescending on you, like you, you're not yeah. worthy of her time. Yeah, but yeah, her publication got outed out for um, basically being uh, funded by the National Endowment for Democracy. Uh, oh, really? Coda Story. Yep. So, so do you know where Coda Story is based? Um, New York. Yeah. They, they they are so they they got um, a few hundred thousand dollars from Ned. So I, it says here on their own Ned's website, 2020 Ned grantees win European Press Prize. A Ned grantee with newsroom in Republic of Georgia and New York, Coda Story, won the Distinguished Reporting Prize for the Week of Women Fighting China's Surveillance State by Isabel Cockrell. Yeah, uh, all right. <laughs> so that's that's her claim to fame. You know, she's winning Ned prizes. Literally, state, um, you know, regime change prizes right here. She needs to have uh, the new little labels they have on their Twitter accounts. She needs one to say uh, media, American <laughs> state, American state media, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right. I, that's making a lot more sense now. Yeah, that, that was being posted everywhere, just like that um, Adrian Zen's one where he wants to put Jewish people into a furnace if they don't convert at the, you know, end times. Yeah, where are these crackpots coming from? Yeah, and I'm just like, this guy's literally a Holocaust pusher. Holy shit. That's... Yeah, that dude's wild. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he's trying to be uh, this century's, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, Solchenstein. Solchenstein. He, uh, 
Yeah, Solzhenitsyn, the the guy who wrote the Gulag Archipelago, oh, who's so also a crazy religious guy who was super anti uh, anti Semitic. Really? Uh, yeah, most people don't realize that. Like, uh, I knew he, he was a bullshit artist, but I didn't know he was anti Semitic as well. Wow. Yeah, he's pretty pretty rough. So, yeah. but that doesn't matter. All Zen's probably thinks that in sixty years time, you know, he, you know, he will be that hero reported well reported in inverted commas sorry i realized you couldn't see it <laughs> i mean um it's going to be in five years time like you know like there's definitely um 100 there are the camps got camps are happening 100 but the thing is the genocide that that's you know that's what brophy's been saying it's like you can't exaggerate um what's going on but it, yeah. the thing is it's going to be like that in like you know 10 years time they're going to be talking like you know like this is in iraq or libya because the mass exaggeration there's definitely state repression of Uyghurs. And there's definitely racism against Uyghurs in China, but genocide is, yeah, that, I mean, that is very far. It sounds like it's an extreme security state there. Um, you know, lots of racial profiling going on. And he, like even Jerry said in his interview with Coda Story, you know, he would not want to be a Uyghur living there Same right as now. Carl. Carl, Carl said it as well. He's like, um, there's definitely a lot of profiling. Like Uyghurs can't, you know, uh, get into certain hotels or, places sometimes in the big cities uh they get yeah. profiled yeah and it's it's horrible and that's 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 stuff you should be reporting on not like you know saying they're getting what's happened in the holocaust because that's also really offensive to people that did experience genocide i mean i saw some um there was another story i got someone told me yesterday that you know someone called zara larson apparently she's a musician and she got banned oh, from so... apple apple music in china I've never seen anyone in China use Apple Music, so I'm just like, what? Right. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that, that's it for today. Uh, we've been talking to yeah, Chow Collective, uh, Sean Khan, uh, next time around. About yeah, looking stand. forward to that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Peace out.